The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the brandon peters show our first new one of 2023 um this is gonna be an interesting one because uh, i think for the first time ever that isn't like blu-ray related it's just me by myself doing an episode um and being in 2023 we're gonna look back at 2022 um Every year on whysoblue.com, as our, every film writer or nerd does, uh, we make our top movies of the year, our top 10 or whatever. And this year, I had the idea that I was going to write my article and, you know, every and then on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, I submit an audio clip of me just reading through my top 10. And then I wanted to make a companion piece for the podcast finally. I've never really done that. Um, and for this, if you're watching on YouTube, hello, you can see me waving. Uh, but right after, um, like, New Year or whatever, um, Christmas time, I got ill. I wasn't feeling very good. I didn't feel like recording. I didn't sound too good, and I didn't feel too good. And uh, Then I got a little bit busy and kind of got away from me. And then I had this opportunity here with these commentaries coming to an end, and um the next episode of the show wasn't really starting for another week. I stretched it out a little bit, and I thought, you know what? There it is. I don't care. We're still in the middle of 2023. They haven't even announced the Oscar uh, nominees yet. Um, The Golden Globes happen for those who like them. I don't care. The Oscars are the real game for me. Um, But I thought, you know what? Let's do an audio version of my article, uh, my top 10 films of 2023, uh, posted on december 29th so it's been there on whysoblue.com for you to read since then uh my brandon's terrific top 10 films of 2022 uh the articles there out now with aaron and abe just this past uh last week posted their uh top 10 episode for 2022 and i have an audio clip in there and i'm very uh enthusiastic about my picks because i did like my picks this year um, I'm especially in love with like my number one and most of my top 10. Um, every year I do like them and it's a fun thing to do as much as it aggravates me uh, to weed down picks and also to um, you know have to crunch so many movies in when I just want to enjoy them. But if you're really good, you're going to stick out. And if I wasn't sure about you, I'll check you out again because I might not have been feeling too good that day. And I did that with one movie that's going to end up on my um, honorable mentions. I'm going to recommend some movies that are on the list after I get through it. Um, But that's what we're doing here. And then I'll talk a little bit at the end about where the show's going um, in the coming months and and the fun we're going to have this year on the Brandon Peters Show um, as this is still year what? Um, Are we in year two, three? Year three completed two years, uh, but um, 
we're in the you know third you know it started in what 2020 so it's gonna 2021 2020 i don't know i even paid attention and i'm just gibbering now because that's what i'm doing when it's me by myself on my show solo whatever but i'll enjoy you folks on youtube in the comments and if you're tweeting at me and stuff i'd love to hear uh what you have to say and you instagram you know you know you guys are some of my faves. So let's get into this top 10 of 2023. Another great year for film. The year that you know we really had movie, or 2022, sorry, the year we really had movies all year round. Big stuff starting at the beginning of the year with like Scream coming out in January. And that fifth entry was quite good. And I am thrilled for the sixth one. That new trailer was hot. Pretty awesome about that. But the way I've been starting my review, my uh, 20... My lists for the year for the top 10 is I start with a section called my favorite new to me film of 2022. Uh, what that means is it's a movie that didn't come out in 2022, uh, but I saw it for me the first time in 2022 and it just took me and I loved it because, you know, we never talk about that a lot. We get to see a lot of people discovering things on Twitter and stuff annoyingly a lot of the time. Um acting like no one else saw it but um we did we just you know we're moving to other things but um i always like to point that out because i think it's an important thing because some of us can't get in all the oscar movies a lot of the time and sometimes you pick up some old film from the 70s mainly the 70s because that's (laughs) the decade and you come up like i my first one in that was straight time this dennis uh our dustin hoffman movie that is kind of a proto uh, Michael Mann's thief a bit. And Michael Mann did work on that movie too. But that movie really took with me. And I, I like that a lot. Uh, this year's pick was a 2021 film that has haunted my brain. Uh, the worst person in the world. Let's go, Potter. Okay. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. Vi var ju utrolla. Vi var kvar. Jag var kvar. Nej. Hvis du er glad i meg, hvis du elsker meg, så da fikser vi alt det andre. Ja, jeg elsker deg. Men jeg elsker deg ikke. This one uh, really got me. It's like there's a haunting like artist with cancer tale amid this movie. Uh, there's a woman 
going through these relationships. It's almost cute. It starts out really cutesy, like almost. It's almost uh, in the vein of like I, I like to say Woody Allen's Hannah and her sisters, but then it, it takes a like. There's some like Horowski turns in here and Tarkovskiness to it. It's really, really incredible thing uh, to behold and watch here. And I was captivated. It's visionary. It's got some like really cool sequences in it. Um, and it's also just some great drama, a great character study, and really nothing. They're, they're, while I describe things that is like, it is its own thing. And um, Joachim Trier, I never knew this guy and I immediately went and found out other films from him. So The Worst Person in the World is the third piece of what he has called an Oslo trilogy. Uh, and I went, I saw the second, the second one, the first one can't really, it's hard to find. Um, and then I saw a few other movies that were accessible to, to find for his and I had to scoop them up. None of them hit me like, um, worst person in the world did, but they're great. And I like him as a director and I can't wait to see what comes next. Um, this movie is a high recommended, I believe it's on like Hulu and Canopy and somewhere you can see it easily. Definitely pick it up. Now, bonus for you folks. I only picked that one, but I'll give you two others that really got with me um, for, that were in contention with Worst Person in the World. Uh, another 2021 film, uh, Parallel Mothers. This is the one Penelope Cruz got nominated uh, for an Oscar for, and this one was interesting too. It's um, Pedro Almodovar um, made this one, and... This has this like really like Hitchcock feel to it, but it's not really a Hitchcock type movie. It's just like the way your vibe with the drama going on is you feel there's more more uh, at hand here. And it's just a beautiful image. I saw it on Blu-ray for the first time and it was pristine, razor sharp, crystal clear image that you're looking at, but it still looks cinematic. It didn't look like that phony stuff like HDTV did back in the day. I remember when I had that on a display in Circuit City all the time. That was a that was a movie that stuck with me and just um, a lot of interesting stuff going on in that movie. Um, some real thrills to it and it's just like a nice drama. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because I kind of was the trailer did not give a damn thing away about that movie. Like, I had no idea where this was going, and I love that. I love just stuff that's its own, uh, and it vibes, and someone knows how to shoot movies and stuff like that. It's just a beautiful film, um, definitely uh, Parallel Mothers. And the other one that was up for it um, was Jean-Pierre Melville's Le Cercle Rouge, and this thing was badass. Now, I want to highly recommend Le Samurai. Uh, that one, they're both on Criterion Collection, but Le Cercle Rouge came out this year on 4k never seen it thrill a minute awesome gang like old school gangster running away stuff like heist and really good villain type movie and it'll keep you keep you going good character stuff um dig it and that 4k looks beautiful so definitely those those three are something to check out that you might have missed in the past that you can go now. So now we'll move on to my top 10 list. And I kind of cheat at number 10 because I got down to 11 and I realized I had two films that could be squeezed together here and I did. Um, I called it Hooray for the Blockbusters. And this is where I put Top Gun Maverick and I put Avatar The Way of Water. And both of them here 
are two just top flight, top of the line blockbusters. Like well made. They connected at an immense level, like with a mass audience. That's impossible to do. Like people, people think that like that they don't understand this, the appeal of this. But um, Top Gun, we'll start with Top Gun Maverick because I was a doubter of this one. And then you should realize that the highest grossing film of what eighty seven should probably be counted for. Then people were. I mean, back in the 90s, people were pining for a sequel for it. Uh, There's video games to it. I believe the video game got a sequel. It got a theme park ride at King's Island. It flew off into the woods uh, during its opening weekend. Nobody died. Um, but, yeah, and I doubted it in terms of appealing to people, and I doubted it in terms of quality, and I honestly liked it better than the original. Uh, I think it's breathtaking, the, the action sequences. It's got a story like Creed 2 where you're like, that's a bad idea, and it turns out to be a good idea. Look, they really handle it well in ways unexpected, and they execute it perfectly. Um, the mission at hand is easy to follow. Like, I get it. It's the Death Star mission. Uh, the geography of the plane flights makes sense. It's thrilling. Like, the first one is just kind of like, you got planes, and it's cut together neat stuff, and I, I really could pay attention here really well, and I felt the danger zone a lot more and tom cruise is just great um he really wants to be here it did not feel like fine i gotta do this maverick movie it felt like finally i get to do this maverick movie i've got the script i've got the tech i've got the ideas and it is just go for broke and could joseph krasinski if he wants to work with tom cruise again that's great because i liked oblivion quite a bit the year they did that it's a mashup sci-fi movie if you haven't seen it it's pretty fun um yeah, don't I don't take it as like some enjoy that they're embracing all these things and mashing them together. But Top Gun Maverick just right up there. Like I mean, you've heard it all, but I mean the fact that this has resonated with so many people and just turned doubters' heads like crazy. That's that's just awesome. The other is Avatar: The Way of Water. I didn't doubt this one. I got I started to get more excited about it. Um, and yeah, didn't avoid, but top the first one for me. Uh, just more impressive visuals. I love. Uh, the characters in this one, I, I attach myself to a lot better uh, than the original. And I love that part of the fun of the Avatar movies is just discovery, just watching and letting the world breathe. Just You're watching like a nature, a sci-fi nature film, basically. You're watching people swim around with a big whale and, and stuff like that. But, but man, it's gorgeous and it looks real. And it's, it's incredible to see this world just be built from nothing. And just work. And I think that's just super impressive. It looks to the touch. You can just look at something and know it's living. It has weight to it. Uh, and it's like, we always clown CG, but CG can be great. And this is why. This is this is what you want CG to be. You want people to take time. Like, let people take time. I don't care. We used to get, like, uh, the original Star Wars trilogy was three years between entries. Like, they took their time to get it right. And if George Lucas probably wanted, he would have pushed it more because Star Wars actually, I believe, the original was a Christmas 1976 release, was the plan, and then it just wasn't working, so they pushed it to May. Um, and granted, they were working up to uh, the buzzer and that, but it's, that was a different situation than making the, we already know it's a successful series movies. So, uh, and a lot of people also talk about 
things like, oh, well, if there is like one creative vision behind it guiding it, it would the bigger. No, if you would have spaced out your movies and not promised shareholders like a damn Star Wars movie every other year for this Skywalker saga and just trying to jump them in, you're rushing into production too fast. Like you can have J.J. Abrams and then Ryan Johnson and then Colin Trevorrow do these movies apart from each other and stuff if you give space between them because they were shooting Last Jedi before Force Awakens was even out, really. Like, they didn't know what people were resonating with in that movie before it was going to the sequel. Like, that's what you need to kind of do. You kind of need to let the audience have it, have an idea where you're going next, but, you know, you might change your mind. You might see something audiences connect with that might change your mind. So... I, yeah, I don't think that. But here's Avatar, years later, waiting a singular movie, start to finish sequel. Yeah, there's some plans for later, but it was great. Um, the last hour of the film is just a master class in action movies and James Cameron doing like a greatest hits, um, but feeling fresh with it. And I had a blast with Avatar in the theater. The 3D was astounding, so clear. Um and I wish I could have seen the movie. I could see the movie again. I just don't get the time to do that, especially for a movie over three hours length. Just not not going to happen for me. Um, but yeah, Avatar: The Way of Water, quite good. Bring on the next one. I'm ready. I'm down with. I'm down with the Navi world. Let's 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 get let's get doing this. So okay, now we'll move on to my number nine film, uh, which is uh, Park Chan Wook's decision to leave. Machine. <laughs> 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 And this is one of the later ones I got in um, via a screener to a, a word screener to see. And man, this was cool. Um, I started watching it at night. I was tired and I was like getting, I was like, oh, you know what? Nope. We're going to start this over because this is going to be awesome. And he's, you know, he's been on my radar. I got, since I was recommended old boy back in the OOs, like everybody else. And then started checking out everything he did. Um, you know, like the, uh, the, the whole trilogy for the Vengeance trilogy and the joint security area. And then he came out with like Thirst and Stoker and stuff. And I've just been, he's a guy 
he made a film on an iPhone before Soderbergh did. Um, but he's always challenging himself, doing things interesting, not following any sort of order or trying to jump on any trend. He's innovative in his own way. And then he made this like wonderful Hitchcock little movie about a guy, uh, a detective that falls in love with a pretty sure there's a, you're a suspect and you did it uh, woman um, while in a relationship already. And it's, I don't know. It's in his own way. It's 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 fascinating watching this guy keep this girl around. He's not really sneaking around per se, but it's it's really interesting. It's got some uh, good, um, it's got some good sequences in here, and it's just good good drama, good stuff uh, from him. And the ending is just devastating um, in a in a certain way. And that's not giving anything away. It's just it'll it'll get you in a, in a Get you not in the fields, but like you, you'll be thinking about it, that kind of thing. It's it's a it's a very cool movie. Um, I believe it's uh, available like digitally now, um, or something to get to rent, or then the Blu-ray's coming soon. Uh, pick it up. Uh, yeah, he's done some marvelous stuff here. Uh, number eight is uh, Nope. Did you see a UFO in that cloud? Yep. Nope. I ain't never seen yeah. nothing like this. No. Nope. Are you ready? Yeah. Run! Holy hell. Nope. 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 Hell no. Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele's third movie. And this one, I think this is the one that's going to be the gift that keeps on giving because, first off, he shoots Blockbuster. He's like, you know what? You know scale? I'll show you guys scale. He does an IMAX-friendly movie shooting in IMAX. Um, and a lot of people call this like his surface-level movie, but there is so much to digest here and dig and dig and dig under that. I, I think people mis- misjudged this and went over their heads, even that the smartest of people thought that. And I think this is going to be his movie that continues to grow continues to appreciate over the watches with it i've he's three for three for me and every time he's made a movie it's made one of my lists but uh nope is, is quite good and all three of his movies are you know he's got his thing but like they're all different um kiki palmer's great in this i don't know how she's going up for his best supporting actress but okay um the newcomer guy's good uh you got voices like keith david in here and um Michael Wincott, so you got the the deep voice guys uh, doing their stuff here, and uh, <laughs> it's fun to watch. Uh, and it's just got this really cool bookend uh, to how things go and what happens, and a cool new movie monster that's just very innovative and uh, like what he's doing here, creepy. And this stuff that they kept from the trailer with the Stephen Yoon and this like um, haywire sitcom that happened i won't say more than that but it opens the movie and you're like whoa what's this i didn't we didn't come into this movie expecting that and it's got a good thing and um air new points out like someone was like what's the final it's cool stuff but i understand it's like it's a it's it's a scenario about man trying to control something that is not controllable like they could they could do that so uh yeah no nope is number eight i was really happy to see that make lists at the end of the year it's because it seemed like it was just gonna go by the wayside um number seven is rrr 
Rise, Roar, Revolt, but it really stands for the director and two stars of the film. Uh, this one just kept growing, and this is just uh, maybe of, of all the movies this year, like the biggest smile on your face would come from this one. Uh, I, you know, came on the recommend. I found it was screening here for a couple weeks. I got in to see it, um, full packed theater, and um, this thing was three hours. Enjoyed every second of it. I took a risk. I have my my son who is. Um, he's gonna be 11 but he's 10 when we went and saw it and uh i said in the morning i'm like you want to go to a movie today he's like yeah i'm like all right but it's a uh three hour uh indie uh, hindi hindi film it's not not english there is english in the film but uh, it's not english uh here's a trailer what do you think he goes yeah okay and i took him in and he loved it and after the opening sequence, which is almost hour long, he turned to me and said, Dad, can I cuss? I said, sure. He goes, those are the two most badass dudes I've ever seen in a movie. And it's funny. And this movie's got everything. It's got friendship, betrayal, action, plot turns, um, musical moments, dancing. It's awesome. Gore, punches. like, And the best superhero action like film. Like, it's... Um, just not shy of being what it is and like showing cool stuff and being epic and not not worrying about snark and stuff. I think this year, if the 2023 was showing me anything with my top 10 and a lot of other people's, and what I'm saying is snark goes. I'm it's a Mar- Marvel does their snark thing. That's that's fine, but man, snarkiness. The with with all the movies that comprise my list, there's a earnestness that shows up through these that i i really like and i'm enjoy i enjoy in cinema and i miss in cinema a lot just because we're movies we're not realities or movies like play into that be movies um that earnestness is what helps keep it and that's why people like the top gun movie they like the avatar movie that are making bones they love rrr the earnestness of it the honesty in it um not everybody can be jordan peele in the previous one because he's there's no not real snark, but it's humor. It's good stuff. But a lot of people think they have to be snarky to be humorous, and that's not true. There's an earnestness in Nope as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's if there's a theme that goes through mine, it's earnest. Is that um, RRR? I'm hoping for a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray release. I'm not gonna watch it on Netflix with the wrong language attached to it. Um, they do have another film from the other, from the director that I need to check out on there because I cannot get enough. Uh, think about RRR. I saw that in, in one of my other films in here in the same weekend, and that's just extraordinary that uh, that much awesome cinema in uh, one weekend. So now I'm moving along. And number six, uh, Banshees of the Inisherin. Do you know what you used to be? No. What did I used to be? Nice. And now, do you know what you are? Not nice. From writer-director Martin McDonough. You can't just all of a sudden stop being friends with a fella. Why can't I? Because it isn't nice. Comes a diabolical tale of a friendship's end. Ah! The Banshees of Inisherin. Why aren't you talking to Parag no more? That wouldn't be a sin now, would it, Father? No, but it's not very nice either, is it? Rated R. Uh, Martin McDonough, he's perfect score for me. I, I'm not a hater of uh, Three Billboards, so sorry about you. Um, 
This one, I mean, everybody's talking about it now because it hit HBO Max and is widely available. I didn't see it till the Blu-ray release. I just could not get out. I'm a, I'm a parent and I work and it's like, it's hard to get out sometimes. <laughs> or sometimes I just want to stay at home. Sometimes I just want to watch my Blu-rays. Sometimes I just want to watch a TV show. Sometimes I just want to watch my classic Doctor Who uh, and just escape for a while. Uh, but... <clears throat> This one delivers. It's awesome. It's the quirkiest little thing that becomes the serious little thing that just becomes like, damn, that was a trip. Uh, Colin Farrell is amazing. He probably gets my pick for best actor. I mean, Austin Butler is great in Elvis, don't get me wrong, but Colin Farrell's due, and this is a against-type role for him, and he is uh, incredible, um, absolutely incredible. Um, everybody everybody here is good. Um Barry Keoghan's great. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, his sister in the movie is tremendous, and I think she's just going to get overshadowed by like bigger names that are going to be getting put at Carrie Condon. Uh, bigger names are going to get um, held up in award season. Uh, but this movie is beautiful Irish countryside. Like I, I don't know when Ireland's ever looked ugly in a movie. Um, they all film it great, and it looks beautiful here. Like, just even the ran- most random scenes. It's a small movie that looks bigger than Marvel movies. That's just incredible, um, just this photography and stuff on it. Um, I really highly recommend this movie. Uh, when it starts, you're going to be like, what is this weird thing? But you're going to, when you, the movie allows you, so you start it, and you're like, this is silly. But it's helping you get on the level with the movie you guys meet in the middle, and then you go on this adventure, and you're just like, "Holy crap, that was that was something." Um, it's starting to lay out the rules at the beginning and how it's going to be, and you tune yourself to it, and you got it, and you're great. So there you are, Banshees and Inisherin, number five. I never imagined in a million years this would be some sort of controversial pick, but it's Babylon. What are your thoughts for the future? When I first moved to LA. You know what the signs on all the doors said? No actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. I always wanted to be part of something bigger. I made it on my terms, not theirs. She has no idea what's next. Here's the twist. Whoa! I'm in so much trouble, Manny. We are going to be more than they ever bargained for. From Damien Chazelle, guys, four for uh, four for four with me. Um, La La Land was my favorite film of 2016 when that came out. I love that movie to death, and I it just bothers me that people sit and hate on it so much that I'm like, "What? Well, it's just a movie." Um, and I get so mad. The best thing that happened to it was not winning Best Picture because I would never hear the end of how it's the worst movie to win Best Picture. Whatever. I love La La Land, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Don't care. Uh, but this one was batshit crazy. This is La La Land on acid. Um, but I love the energy this movie brought. Uh, I love this old Hollywood tale. Um, it's raw. It's not afraid. to. It's a big swing. So if you know me and you know a lot of my favorite films, I am a fan of when a director or somebody just takes a big swing at something and goes for it. And this is that from Damien Chazelle. Um, and it goes crazy. Um, the the three storylines are fine with me. I, I just I love watching 
this era of turning from, you know, silence to talkies. I don't really think, why would you, silence is a, silent films era is like a after term because no one called, they were just films back then. Talkies were actually called talkies. Uh, But you see how people react to it. Film, there's some like absolute best scenes of the year in this film. There's the one where they're first trying to film um, Margot Robbie doing a talkie scene. There's one of my favorite scenes of the year is Gene Smart with Brad Pitt. They're talking about where he stands in Legend and Legacy, and that is an amazing scene. And Gene Smart, terrific in this movie. Um, that's a good one. Uh, there's also um, that Tobey Maguire stuff, which is insane. It's the most insane stuff since Boogie Nights. I do think the ending is way too heavy-handed. It could have been much more simplified and made a bigger impact. I think it needed to be more character-focused than Chazelle-focused. Um, that was my gripe with it. But at that point, for for me, the movie had earned that, um, even though I wasn't as big on that. But I enjoyed this ride start to finish. It's wild. It's crazy. It starts. It lets you know uh, right away. This is going to be wild. And you know, it didn't get as wild as it could. Um but it has some good stuff here. Uh, is it perfect? No. No. Nope. 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 Could have been shorter. Yep. 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 But I'll take it as it is. And I'm very, I'm very glad we got Babylon because Chazelle's probably not going to be able to make something like this for a while. Uh, but it's nice in mainstream movies when something like this actually pops up. So I appreciate that. That's my number five. That's Babylon. So we're getting the top four. Uh, my number four is uh, the very popular. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mom, just wait. No time to wait. Very busy. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. If you can imagine it, somewhere out there, it exists. is bigger than you realize. Do you think this is funny? There's no going back. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. And there's good reason because this is a a fantastic movie. It's A24, which we all like most of their movies. And uh, this is... A good visionary type movie uh, with the multiverse. Um, my, I guess my favorite multiverse movie of the year, though my favorite Marvel movie of the year was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, that's another thing that would just hit me where I needed to be hit. I know um, these Phase 4 movies are all like people have opinions. They have opinions. My opinion is it was fine. <laughs> phase 4, there was nothing to cry about. They were fine. Um so everything everywhere all at once michelle Yao. i'm a big fan of hers um ever since i saw like tomorrow never dies and super cop and then she was in crash tiger hidden dragon and giving her this meaty role here in america finally like motherfuckers look at me finally and she's getting the respect jamie lee curtis is funny as hell in this movie um it's good about family there's a lot of deep stuff and it's just so it never forgets to be silly it's my theme here earnestness it's earnest wears its heart in its sleeves gets the message across and it's just a fun adventure to go through i've watched it a couple times and i just 
it's it's never boring uh it's got it's perfectly paced uh jumps around adds you know there's there's layers to this that are fun every time you revisit it and i yeah i i really i get it like everybody likes this movie um I saw this is the one I saw in the theater with RRR uh, that same weekend. But this movie rocks. It's it's so good. Um, I and you know it's funny when people call the trailer like this looks weird. I'm like this looks awesome. Like why would you want to go see this movie with Michelle Yao, like in all these multiverses and stuff? And it it lived up to the hype. Uh, cool action scenes. Some, just lots of lots of fun. It's a good audience movie too. Um, people really reacted well to it. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen this one, who are you? What are you doing? Um, A24's biggest movie. Um, love that. Uh, so uh, best of luck to that one in the award season. I'm not going to be mad if it, if it gets things. Uh, number three is uh, old Stevie Spiel's The Fablemans. So you like the movies, huh? Oh, you love those people. Huh? Your sisters, your mama, your papa. Except... This I think you love a little more. Family art. It'll tear you in two. You do what your heart says you have to, because you don't owe anyone your life. The Fablemans, rated PG-13. Trailer out now. This is life story, and this one spoke to me pretty good. I'm, I'm not Jewish or anything like that, but it was spoke to me, and I was a kid trying to make movies and stuff growing up, and I, I, I liked watching watching the the wheels turn the gears uh and stuff with him and making movies and the, the difficulty of you know working with your buds who don't give a crap but you're you're like the serious guy trying to direct uh bullies with it all that stuff and it's just a really well done movie i don't think this is as good as west side story directing wise that one blew me away last year and the fact that steven is here again vying for a top spot just he almost got it twice um there's a point where i was like oh man that fablemans but um, I have watched this movie a couple times, and it's it's really good. Um, really, really well done. Seth Rogen's good in it. Uh, Paul Dano, like everybody, works it well. Um, it's one of the best, like family wholesome pictures. I know the family dynamic has some problems. You know, it's not like a pretty family dynamic, but it's a, it's a good thing to watch and just uh, see his dilemmas. And uh, it's got two of the best cameos of the year or one scene wonders uh with judd hirsch and david lynch i won't say what that happens in those scenes um but this is just an adorable movie start to finish uh one of the most easiest watches of the year and well done stevie spielberg the next film is from the world of x a stunning technicolor nightmare you are not well pearl it's clever, violent, and wicked. I will not let you leave this farm. Breathtakingly scary. Pearl, only in theaters. Uh, the prequel to X, which came out earlier in the year. I thought about doing X and Pearl, but I said no. Um, X is awesome. I liked X. It was awesome. Uh, the best surprise about X was that Pearl was coming. But X uh, feels like Ty West, who I've been a fan of for many years, going back to a well. Uh, because I've seen what he does in X in House of the Devil. It felt like he was doing House of the Devil, but with like something akin to Texas Chainsaw Massacre-ish, uh, or like his, his like kind of cabin in the woods thing. So it's him doing excelling at that, but Pearl is something brand new, something timely. Like it takes place during the, um, the 
early 1900s uh, teens pandemic. Um, and that's an interesting way to set the story and relate to today. And Mia Goth is a one-woman show here. And she has some masterpiece moments that are just unbelievable. Uh, this thing has re- reminds me of Psycho in like the best ways in moments. And it's not like like Psycho, but like Psycho. And it's hard to explain. I don't want to spoil, but there are scenes in it where you're like, holy crap. Um, it's got it looks interesting. It's got he's going for a certain um, Technicolor type look to the film, uh, and it's just it's it's heartbreaking, spooky, disturbing, and yeah, it's it just works, and it's all because of this partnership, like this Mia, like Mia Goth is great. Um, I think she makes what Ty West's doing an interesting and great movie. Without her, I don't know what this is. Um, and Ty West delivers what I think might be his best film. I really was taken with Pearl. I uh, that I saw it and Barbarian in the same afternoon. I saw them literally eight minutes apart from each other. I saw Barbarian first, and I said, "Well, you know, Pearl's starting in eight minutes. I'm gonna walk over there and see Pearl because I had COVID back in September last year, and I was behind on movies, so I was going to catch up. And ho, oh, yeah, yeah, Pearl, I'm." was in love with it then and it wasn't until I started writing this list out and putting it together that I realized how much like I knew it was going to make my top 10 I didn't realize it would be number two but it wasn't taking number one because number one the minute I left the theater I was like nothing's going to top that for me and it's Tar Todd Field's film is the thing. Time is the essential piece of interpretation. You cannot start without me. I start the clock. However, unlike a clock, sometimes my second hand stops, which means time stops. Until I once again decide to raise that hand, that time is allowed to continue marching along her very merry way. I saw the the trailer for it. I can't remember what I went and saw, but I saw the trailer for Tar. And it's not much. It's just Kate Blanchett just was like and smoke coming out of her mouth. And I was just like, what is this? I I don't I don't want to see any more. I'm sold. I want to see it. And like Kate Blanchett, you put her name on it, I'll I'll go see it. Like she's one of my favorites all time. 
Um, love her work. I'll say anything. Uh, go see Carol. That's a good one. That's a good one. That I don't know people talk about a lot. Um, but I was entranced in this movie from the moment it started. And the opening scene is literally her at a seminar with a guy spouting out her credentials and them having some friendly discussion and debate about things. But I was just entranced. And yes, this movie, she has a maybe her best performance. It's arguable. But the fact that you can argue it is saying how strong it is. But the movie is more than that. She is her and Field together, yes. But there's just a way it's shot. It's kind of haunting. Like I've seen where people say like it's kind of a ghost story. And yeah, yeah, that works. That works. Um, there's a way we get into her mind. Um, it makes me geek out about classical music all of a sudden. Like, oh yeah, what's this world of classical music? Oh, well, what are they doing? Um, the supporting cast is excellent. They're not getting enough credit, uh, this movie. Um, because Mark Strong's really good here. He's in He's in a little bit of the things. Nina Haas is amazing in this movie, and nobody's given her the credit. She should be up for Best Supporting Actress, easily um she's sitting there have to go toe-to-toe with Kate Blanchett giving one of her best performances of her career and she's living up to it and like not backing down and keeping up with her and even just stealing some scenes like she's incredible and this movie just it, I can't stop thinking about Tar like it's really weird like I haven't had a film like this and I don't know what it is about it I just can't stop thinking about it. And it has such a good handle on kind of our culture with things uh, about people's accountability. I guess you have to call it, you have to call it cancel culture, but I think it's more of an accountability culture. And it makes favorable arguments about how do you take the things that some of these troubled and maybe not good people left us and still make good of them and still find value in them while also giving us our character who's going to have to have that happen to him. And what do we think about that? And it's just incredible. There's the, the best scene of the entire year is the one with her uh, teaching her class. And there's the kid. You can watch it on YouTube probably now. And it's 10 in one shot. And you watch, it's just it's amazing. I watch. I, I could watch it over and over again, and it works so well. And you watch the whole scene, and you get it. And then they later do a thing where there's someone was filming it with their phone, and you shows how the internet doesn't care about context. There's no context. It's not allowed or something, and people just go off what they they see here, and it 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 hurts because that was such a great scene. And now it's out of context and chopped up to make it look like something else. So good. Um, cinematography might be my probably my favorite cinematography of the year. Uh, it's clever. Um, there's so many visual cues. You have to watch Tar. You can't sit on your phone with Tar. And Tar Tar takes you in. So I mean, you can't be doing something else. You you have to really surrender yourself to Tar. 
and you should because it's amazing. Um, I love this movie to death. Um, I'm actually in. I'm I'm redoing my posters in in my basement here, and I'm getting a damn tar poster. And thanks to Jason Coleman, a friend of the show. I haven't had him on here yet. Uh, he does the out now horror with me uh, over on um, out now with Aaron and Neighbor every year. He's currently working at this like a uh, poster shop auction house thing. He's a he's a poster expert him you can find stuff about him on there but um he hunted me down a uh, place where i could get a reprint of the the poster that's on the blu-ray cover for tar which i guess has never been released as an official one but i love it so um i i yeah this movie i don't know why but i can't stop thinking about tar um it's really stuck with me it's incredible um i agree with scorsese <laughs> I know what he said, like, the clouds of cinema parted and all this. Like, he's right. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so Tar was my number one movie, hands down, no competition of 2022. I love that movie to death. I wish it had bonus features. Maybe Criterion gets a hold of it down the road or something. But it is an incredible, a masterpiece. Blah, I'll say the M word. Uh, I cannot believe it. Uh, Apartment for sale from that, the song. Uh, deserves to be up for an Oscar, but it's not. So shame, shame, shame. Uh, now, um, before I, I head out and go into something else, um, there are some movies that were in contention that didn't make the top 10, but I want to recommend you check them out. Um, I mentioned Barbarian earlier. Uh, that's one of the coolest horror movies of the year. Check that one out. Um, I don't know where it's streaming at. It's not on a fucking Blu-ray because... I don't know what's going on with that. Um, Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. It's uh, Interatu's new film. It's on Netflix. If you like movies like Stardust Memories or Eight and a Half, this is his his version of it. This is another uh, big swing type movie of a guy, director just opening his mind to people and just showcasing things. And I was fascinated throughout it. So uh, definitely check that one out. Uh, Bones and All, if you're into some weird stuff, interesting cannibal movie. Um, I like the director. I'm blanking on him. Gugadino, uh, he did Suspiria. Um, this is Timothy Chalamet uh, is in this movie. And it is weird and interesting and unique and a road trip type movie. See that? Uh, Glass Onion. A nice calling a nice out mystery. Uh, that one's on Netflix. It's fun as hell. Um, some people take these way too seriously. I had a good time. Good cast, fun mystery, fun Daniel Craig. Uh, more of these, please. Neptune Frost. This is one of the coolest sci-fi movies of the year. Um, check it out on Canopy. It is a it's African. Um, futuristic i don't even know what this is all about i need to keep watching neptune frost it keeps opening up more to me every time like it was it might not have made this list at an i like got curious again to watch it and it started making more sense to me um it's got some of the coolest costuming uh and stylizations of the entire year and like in terms of like tech and armor and stuff for the future uh you really need to see neptune frost it is it is cool this might move up the ranks here if i were to go back to 2023 in some years uh the northman just awesome fucking viking movie robbie eggers can do no wrong this is a cool ass movie uh guillermo del toro's pinocchio the pinocchio uh when you see this pinocchio you'll you'll consider the one on disney plus a gigantic waste of time this is 
absolutely incredible. Um, this is a vision. This is um, good ab- adaptation, uh, spinning it into a different way, making it interesting again, making it unique. And I thought this Pinocchio was awesome. This was one of the last cuts. Uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. This is another big visionary filmmaker thing. Um, George Miller, before he goes back to the uh, Mad Max universe, uh, this was a wonderful little tale. A genie in a bottle type thing. Um, a gin. And uh, I, I really like this movie a lot. Just just unique. It's just really cool. Tilda Swinton's great. Uh, the Woman King is one of the best action movies of the year. You gotta see it. It rocks. Um, it's got it's got attitude. It's got culture. It's got history, and it is just bad ass. You gotta see it. And women talking. Uh, this movie is an incredible 12 Angry Men type movie with some Amish women, and it's got some of your best performances of the year, one of the best scripts of the year, and this movie just rules. I watched this one twice, actually, and I can't believe it didn't make my time. Maybe that was like my last cut. I think Women Talking might have been my last cut, and it hurt. Um, but Sarah Polly is great. She's a director that seems to get some appreciation, and I'm surprised Women Talking isn't getting a bigger Oscar push. It doesn't make sense to me, but oh well. So that is my top film, 10 films of 2022, along with the honorable mentions. Uh, so those are 20 recommend, 21 recommendations or so for you to go out and check uh, to watch. Um, we're only in January 2023. Some might be just opening now or hitting streaming services, but certainly check them out. Um, I appreciate listening. So uh, what's coming up with the Brandon Peters Show uh, next week? Very excited. So everybody liked. I got a lot of good feedback. Um, a lot of people excited about the I Know What You Did Last Summer episode. I did last October with Greg and Jessica. So Greg, Jessica, and I are reteaming. And next on a Monday, next week, uh, we're going to be doing the urban legend trilogy so we'll be having urban legend urban legends final cut and urban legends bloody mary just like i know you did last summer had a straight to dvd just whatever to do with this sequel um so we'll check that out um we're gonna be doing those that's very exciting um and i'm looking forward to it because Guess what? So we're going to stick with the 90s slasher things. We plan on covering a lot more of the 90s teen horror stuff in the Scream era um, down the road here. But did I say Scream? I said Scream. After Urban Legends, uh, that trilogy episode, we're going to be counting down to Scream 6, uh, opening theaters in March. And we're going to be talking each Scream movie until the new one comes out that is not an original idea that is you know not the first podcast to do it that's not stuff but you guys liked us talking about it so greg myself and jessica who come with three wildly different visions and opinions and stuff are going to give you our version of that tired podcast trope of you know the retrospective of this movie, this movie, this movie, this movie. But it's Scream. It's fun. It's awesome. And I really can't wait to see this sixth movie. So that's what's coming ahead for you in the near future. Going on concurrently at the same time. <clears throat> I've been, we already got uh, three episodes. When you listen to this, three episodes in the can for the summer of 93 at 30. The sequel to the summer of 82 at 40 coming this summer. It's the summer of Jurassic Park. Uh, and, 
Weekend at Bernie's 2 and True, uh, not True Lies, um, Last Action Hero and lots of, some of, there's some banger weekends coming up in this, uh, this retrospective, uh, but we've begun recording it. Once again, Scott Mendelson is joining me, and I'm going to announce we have a third this for this summer of 93 at 30. Aaron Newerth out now with Aaron and A, but will be joining us for this ride. And uh, very happy to have him on, and he's having a blast so far. And there's also a brand new segment. So, you know, we had the news of the moment type thing. It's time to be calling the news of the moment again because that was 82 things. So we have the news. We're going to have the TV shows. We're going to have the music we got a fourth segment coming, and you won't want to miss that. That'll be fun. So those are going to stop, drop, start dropping in, in May. So that's the near. Uh, there will be probably stuff going on after Scream opens in March until the summer of 93 begins. But that's what we have on hand right now, and uh, very exciting. So next week on the show, Urban Legend. So I appreciate you listening in uh to hear the audio or the video version of my top 10 films of 2023 uh you can find more of my work at whysoblue.com where i do blu-ray and 4k ultra hd reviews i did a jackie chan set that i had a unboxing video for on the youtube channel uh, that review just posted recently and also the dentist collection is up and Dawn of the Dead 4K Ultra HD the Snyder one. So check those out. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at 4 Brandon 4K UHD. And yeah, so I will see you all. I'll have Jessica and Greg next week on the show. And we'll be talking the Urban Legend trilogy. I appreciate you listening. And you know what? As always, stay phone positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.